Ho, ho, ho! Greetings from the North Pole, and welcome to Money MD. We're giving presents to all the boys and girls for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We've been making a list and checking it twice and delivering common sense solutions to all your complex problems. Naughty or nice. And now, here are my delightful elves. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. I mean doctors. Well, ho, 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 John. I yes. mean, it's that great time of the year again. I'm glad we're not, we're money doctors, not elves. I'm, I'm I mean, glad we know, are. I'm glad he clarified that. I'm glad for sure. And uh, <laughs> But it is a great time of the year, you know? I mean, I, I love Christmas. Um you know, packages arriving every day. I got home yesterday, and there was like you know three or four packages on my steps. And you, you buying more you know, Christmas presents for yourself? No, actually, this is my my sister in law. Okay. She's like having packages them. delivered to our house. You know, that aren't even for us. Yeah. I don't even know who they're for, but that we have a Christmas get gathering at our house. Good memory. My grandmothers used to come to our house, and we would run out to their car because they would have presents in the trunk. <laughs> and we would run out there and get the presents and take them under the trees. So yeah, now now just the Amazon guy does that, right? That's or right. The UPS right. guy. He's he's the elf now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's fun, but uh, yeah. Speaking of fun, you know, football is is winding down here. And, yeah, uh, for some for had, some teams, it's had, over. Had a fun week last week. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. and uh, so hey, you know, I mean, I think our our local teams won anyway. Yeah. Other than, Carolina didn't play. But. Yeah, and Georgia. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, Clemson, Ohio State, great matchup, and Oklahoma, uh, LSU. So, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it will. So, New Year's will be exciting. Yes. So, uh, speaking of exciting, we do have a great show lined up for you today. Um, you know, we're going to start off talking about annuities, John. Um, this is something I think is vastly misunderstood. You know, I mean, uh, we run across a lot of folks that have annuities, very popular don't really understand how they work, though. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to dig into that a little bit, kind of unravel the annuities and, uh, you know, tell you some pros and cons about how those work and situations they're good for and situations that they're, they're not so good for. Yeah, we're going to switch gears and talk about uh, bankruptcy. This actually comes from the, the Ramsey organization and uh, not big believers in, in going bankrupt. I mean, there's things that you can do in your situation in most situations, not all of them, but uh, most situations to uh, to avoid bankruptcy. But we're going to talk about the different uh, options, Chapter 7, Chapter 13. There's a lot of different chapters out there and uh, some ways that you can avoid filing for bankruptcy if you're in that situation. And we do counseling for folks and have these conversations. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and very important topic too. So uh, that'll be a good one. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 24 years experience in fighting financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to the current weeks directly from your computer or go back and listen to the hundreds that we have out there as well. Also, a lot of tools out on the website. Go check that out, retirement calculators and so forth, some forms that you can take a look at. And uh, Facebook page, MoneyMD, we post a, a weekly prescription of the week. And we'd love to hear from you. You can email us uh, directly at info at moneymd.net or just link to us right off the website. Well, John, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this is an, another attempt to uh, to shame the headlines because uh, the headlines usually get it wrong. I mean, half of them are going to be right, half of them are going to be That's wrong. True. Right? I mean, That's true. So this comes from the uh, Natixis uh, investment manager, and there was 65% 
uh, 500 global money managers that were sur- surveyed back in 2018, so about a year ago, that pre- uh, predicted the U.S. stock bull market would end in 2019. And, and we saw that in the fourth quarter. The markets went through a bear market. They were calling for recessions. That was 2018. Yeah. 2018, that's right. Yep, 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 2018. And they were you know, saying in 2019 there was going to be a recession. Well, 65% of global money managers, that's what they do for a living, yep. predicted that you know the bull market was going to come to an end. And obviously 2019 has been a very good year. So if you would have seen this headline back in 2018, you probably would have said, hey, I'm going to get out of the market. Right, right, right. And, and right. you missed a really good year. So trying to time the market and listen to these headlines, these, no one knows at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, they basically thought that it was going to continue back in December. And if you remember, the market started down like the fourth quarter. Um, and, and it, well, it did start right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. <clears throat> yes, and it continued yeah. right up till Christmas Eve. Yes. And the market turned on Christmas Eve. Until Santa came and Santa saved the came day. and sent the market back up and it shot up like 10% in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. From that point, so um, you know, and but yet the, the analysts thought it was going to continue. Yeah, and so it just shows you how unpredictable it is. Can't time the market. Yeah, and just don't take, don't make decisions based on headlines because the people exactly. that are writing them, they no one knows. That's exactly right. So good fact of the week. All right, that leads us up to our first topic here, and that is annuities. Annuities unraveled. Um, this is based on an article out of a uh, smartasset.com. Uh, Derek Silva, uh, very recently. And, uh, but John, you know, annuities are one of these very popular retirement accounts that we see that, and, and we, we see clients with them all the time that kind of come in and sit down something they, you know, may have, may have signed up for, you know, five, 10 years ago. But unfortunately, they, very few really understand them. Oh, yeah. Um, they're confusing. You know, there's a lot to it. And so we wanted to review some of the basics of annuities today and talk about some of the pros and cons uh, dealing with annuities. And for full disclosure, you know, I'm not a big fan of annuities. I don't think either one of us are um, for sure. And, uh, you know, in most circumstances, um, we just don't think they're a good fit. Um, But I'm licensed to sell them, as you are, you know, so we know a lot about them. Um, But Dave Ramsey, Clark Howard are not big fans of annuities either. Um, so we'll touch on some reasons for those in just a minute, but, um, but first let's touch on the basics about annuities. Yeah. So basically an annuity is a contract between you and an insurance company. Uh, it's usually sold by insurance agents, not, not all, but most of them are. And, um, you pay for the annuity through a lump sum premium or maybe payments over time. Uh, the insurance company takes that money they invest in a fixed account or maybe various stock or bond um, mutual funds. And there's three types of annuities. There's fixed annuities, variable annuities, and indexed annuities. Fixed annuities is kind of like what it says. It's a fixed rate of return on your money, kind of like a CD. On the other hand, a variable annuity allows you to invest your money in different securities such as mutual funds. Yeah, that's right. And then the third type, the indexed annuity, is technically a version of a fixed annuity, but it tries to combine the benefits of both the fixed and the variable products by kind of linking your returns to an index like the S&P 500. Um, Unfortunately, indexed annuities tend to be very complicated with terms like point-to-point caps, um, participation rates, index caps. Um, When it's all said and done, though, I mean, the returns for those we've seen um, tend to be more like a a fixed annuity Mm -hmm. over time. 
Um, so they really are kind of a fixed annuity. Yeah, the index annuities are sold because it has, you know, a zero floor, but also right. it caps the upside. So when you average the two, it's not real exciting. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it just kind of puts you in between, you know, zero and, and the market, but it's it's capped, like you say. When on the long run, it kind of averages out to, to what a fixed annuity would be. Um, but for each of these types of annuities, I mean, you can choose an immediate annuity or a deferred annuity. Um, with an immediate annuity, you kind of supply the insurance company with a lump sum premium. Um, then you immediately begin receiving payouts. Um, and hence the name, it's immediate. Uh, with a deferred annuity, though, you have the option of <clears throat> to pay a lump sum or a series of payments over time, but you won't begin receiving payouts until future years, maybe even a decade later. Um, and this gives your money the opportunity to earn interest and to grow in the case of a variable annuity. So anyway, first part, let's let's talk about the good part about annuities first. Let's talk about the pros. Yeah, so the probably the biggest pro and the most basic feature is that it can guarantee a monthly income for life. So you can receive these uh, regular monthly payments from an insurance company in exchange for that lump sum or those premiums that you put in there. So these payments provide you know supplemental income for retirement. Uh, it can provide a stream of guaranteed income to help cover the the regular expenses in retirement. But you know keep in mind that the value and the amount of the annuity payments will vary depending on the type of annuity and the performance inside the uh, the contract that you have for the investments. And there are usually some stipulations on when you can start the income stream and how much you can pull out. And so there's some some things that you have to be aware of. But that monthly guarantee is probably the biggest pro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that can last your entire lifetime. So that's that's certainly a positive and the main reason annuities were created in the per- first place. The second pro about annuities is your contributions grow tax deferred. Um, so the money that the that the growth of your investments produces over time in the annuity is tax deferred, and that means your money in the annuity will grow, it'll compound um, without you having to pay taxes on it year by year, and that growth will be taxed when you take the money out. Um, so during the years between when you con- contributed to funds to the annuity and when you withdraw them, it's possible for your money to grow significantly and you could benefit from that compounding tax deferral. However, keep in mind when you do take the money out of your contract down the road, that growth will be taxed as ordinary income and won't get the benefit of, of low, lower long-term capital gains rates. Um, so that's the second pro. The third one here is fixed annuities offer guaranteed returns. Um, so any fixed annuity uh, that you have should include certain guarantees to prevent you from losing money. Um, fixed annuities guarantee that you'll make a certain percentage of on your principal. Um, usually those are kind of comparable to CD rates, um, but it's going to be more than a, 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 a certainly more than a savings account and will be guaranteed never to lose money. You know, that being said, um, you could still end up with less than you invested if you surrender your contract before it matures and the surrender charge has expired. Yeah, number four here is that variable annuities actually have a death benefit. And so variable annuities, they do have risk. Uh, they do have the potential for actually losing money, but they do have an extra perk, and that is a, a death benefit. And that's a payment that the insurance company will make to the beneficiary if you pass away. And so for a basic variable annuity, the death benefit is usually equal to the amount that you contributed to the annuity. But there are options out there where you can purchase an enhanced death benefit from the insurance company, and uh, they'll record 
record the value of your annuities investments on a yearly or some type of anniversary date. And if you die, the insurance company will pay a net benefit equal to the highest recorded value of your annuity. Now, obviously, markets go up over time, but it does give you some protection there. That's right. Yeah, but it's worth noting that, you know, it's probably not the best choice if you're just looking for the death benefit. Because in that case, I mean, you could help your beneficials with, you know, uh, just a straight life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. That would probably be a better better tool for that. So anyway, those are the pros for annuities. Now, let's talk a little bit about the negatives. Um, First one is um, there tend to be high fees. Um, Annuities that can get very expensive. Anytime you consider an annuity contract, you need to understand the fees that come into it and uh, be sure that it's the best annuity for your goals and your situation. Variable annuities have administrative fees as well as mortality and expense fees called M&E fees. Um, there's, the insurance companies charge these fees, which often run about one and a quarter percent of the account value um, <clears throat> to cover the cost and the risk associated with insuring your money. Um, surrender charges are common for both variable and fixed annuities. So regardless of the type, there's usually a surrender charge that applies when you withdraw, um, you know, more than they allow. They usually give you a 10% free withdrawal, um, every year that you can take out without a surrender charge. But if you exceed that 10%, um, your insurance company could, uh, charge a a surrender charge. And those are often five to 15% of the premiums that you put in over the life of the policy. Um, uh, you know, up to uh, five to 15 years. So the surrender charge goes out for quite a ways. Um, and there's also investment management fees, which will vary depending on how you're invested in the uh, in a variable annuity. So, you know, those fees are all similar to what you would pay um, if you were in a mutual fund in terms of a variable annuity. But you have these other fees on top of it that, that of course, make it more expensive. And then many annuities will have um, additional riders that you can put on it for a fee. Um, a rider is kind of an optional guarantee, such as a lifetime withdrawal benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another good example of this is the enhanced death benefit, where you, what we mentioned above, um, rather than it getting stepped up every year, it will step up maybe every, or every seven years, it could step up in value every single year. So your death benefit can rise faster. Um, that would be a rider, and those riders, they vary with the individual benefit, but they can cost up to another 1% per year for the rider. Yeah, if you add all those 1%s up, you're in the 3 to 4% range. It can get really I mean, expensive. That's um, that's the problem. Which is con number two. I mean, you know, an annuity growth probably is not going to match the stock market growth. Um, you know, the stock market uh, will make gains in a good year, and the, that means the annuity will go up some, but probably not as much as if you had taken that money and put it in the market yourself. And and one reason for that difference is um, is the annuity fees. It's eating into the returns, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say you did invest in an indexed annuity. You know, with an indexed annuity, um, the insurance company will invest your money uh, to mirror a specific index, but your insurer will likely cap your gains through something called a participation rate. So if you if you participated at 60%, let's say, inside your annuity, then your investments are going to grow 60% of the amount of the index. Um, and then they're also going to cap, typically they'll cap the amount of gain that they'll credit from the index. So, for example, 
Um, if the index had a really good year and it was up, you know, twelve percent, they may cap. And they may cap that at eight percent any twelve month period. So, you know, if your goal is to make as much as the stock market, then you should probably not consider investing your money in annuity because that's really not the way annuities typically work. It's not like an index fund where you get exactly what the market gets. Um, you know, the, the next negative um, or con for indexes is getting out can be very difficult, if not impossible. Um, you know, so this is a major concern relating to particularly immediate annuities. Because once you annuitize that and you put money in an immediate annuity, they turn it into this monthly income stream, then that's pretty much it. You can't get out of that. That lasts your lifetime. You get the monthly income stream, but you can't get your original dollars back out in a lump sum. Um, but even if it's not an immediate annuity, there are surrender charges often make, often make it very painful to get out later. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, the flexibility is important. It's kind of what what we're talking about here. And another you know consideration, another con is tax rates. As we mentioned earlier, contributions to a variable annuity are, are generally after taxes. Um, but uh, the withdrawals on the growth may be ta- will be taxed at your regular income tax rate versus capital gains. So in the long run, you may actually save taxes if you invest your after-tax dollars outside of an annuity where you can get a you know preferable uh, rate on uh, on the growth associated with it. So tax rates is another factor uh, negatively. Yeah, that's right. So in summary, you know, annuity can be a good way to supplement your retirement income um, with this guaranteed income if you're willing to lock into a long-term contract um, for retirement and stay in for 10 or 15 years. Um, For some people, an annuity is a good option also because it can provide um, these regular payments and it can do that with pretty low risk. Um, However, there are potential cons that you have to keep in mind. And the biggest of those are simply the cost of an annuity, which can be very expensive. And also most annuities have long surrender periods, which make it expensive and difficult to get out if you should need your, your money. Um, before you start drawing the income. So the bottom line is you, you shouldn't get into an annuity until you really understand your objectives, understand the, the facets of the annuity and the cost, and know that it meets your objectives. So make sure you understand exactly how it works before you get into an annuity contract. But that is uh, kind of our summary on the annuities. And that leads us up to our question of the week. Yeah, this is, um, we get this frequently. Um, parents are uh, aging and have uh, been recommended to get uh, power of attorney over their situation, what is a power of attorney? There's different kinds. Uh, one of them is a medical power of attorney. It basically allows you to make decisions for them if they're not able to. Um, it's a very uh, small number of cases that that is used. But there's also a financial power of attorney. It allows you to handle their financial affairs and sign their name and things like that. Most power of attorneys for financial don't allow the um, beneficiaries to be changed. And that's one thing that right. a lot of our – we have – questions with our clients on, but, uh, you know, it's good to have some control over elderly parents or friends situation when they need it, but you have to have somebody that you trust because it gives them a lot of power. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, a, a medical power attorneys just for medical, just for making medical decisions. Uh, if you want to make financial decisions, it needs to be a general power of attorney. Right. So, um, that's it. Good question of the week. And that leads us up to our next topic here, and that is the different types of bankruptcies. This is not a fun topic. It's John. not. It's not. And it comes up. I and mean, we, we do counseling and we have Unfortunately. You know, conversations with folks. Uh, you know, Dave Ramsey, 
uh, organization, um, you know, is, is really against bankruptcies. It, it sticks with you for a long time. It's not just a financial process. It's a very emotional process as well. So, you know, if you've uh, recently lost your job or you have debt that's piling up and it, maybe it's overwhelming, um, and, you know, a lot of people go to the word bankruptcy and they think about it, and sometimes your situation seems so hopeless that it feels like bankruptcy is looks like your only option. And and uh, we know that a lot of people in this situation are scared and they feel like they're backed into a corner. But bankruptcy isn't a decision to be taken lightly. It's it's really important to know exactly what bankruptcy is and what types of bankruptcies are there um, so you can make the best decision for your situation. That's right. So first, let's talk about what is bankruptcy. Well, um, so when you go before a bankruptcy judge and you tell them you can't pay your debts, then depending on your situation, they're either going to erase your debts or they're going to make a plan for you to pay them back. Um, so there are several reasons why people would file for bankruptcy. Things like, um, you know, a job loss, a divorce, uh, medical emergency, death in the family. You know, you just get overwhelming debt and you can't pay it back. Then then that is certainly uh, one option you need to consider. Um, but in fact, there are more than 730,000 personal bankruptcies filed um, just last year. Wow. So that's a big number. Um, yeah, I mean, like two in every thousand people. That's a lot. You know, file yeah. for bankruptcy every single year. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And, um, you know, it's a major life event. I mean, it affects more than your finances. It can follow you when you're trying to apply for a job or buy a house or, or even start a business. So even though people might see it as a fresh start, bankruptcy really only treats the symptoms and not the problem. And it's also important to know that bankruptcy doesn't clear student loans, government debts like taxes, fines, or penalties, um, reaffirm debt where you you know recommit to the terms of the current loan. It doesn't clear child support, alimony. So you know if those are your only debts, debts, then bankruptcy is certainly not going to be the path for you. So you got to figure out. There's you know some local folks here um, that we've referred to that uh, can sit down with you and talk with you. But here's the different types of bankruptcies. Even though the the general goal of bankruptcy is to clear debt, uh, not all bankruptcies are created equal. In fact, there are six different types of back bank. Bankruptcy. So we're going to kind of touch on each one of them. Yeah, that's right. So the first one is a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. This is the most common type of bankruptcy. It's also known as a liquid liquidation or a straight bankruptcy. Um, and it's, you know, it's where a court-appointed trustee will oversee kind of a liquidation or a sale of your assets. Anything that you own that has value, um, you know, will need to be sold to pay off the creditors. And, you know, the, the people you owe money to. Um, so any remaining unsecured debt, like credit cards and medical bills, are typically erased. Um, but, you know, as we mentioned earlier, I mean, this doesn't include certain types of debt um, that aren't forgiven through bankruptcy, such as student loans and taxes. And, you know, it can't stop a foreclosure on your house either. Um, so that's Chapter 7. So also keep in mind, if you file Chapter 7, you're going to have to attend a meeting with creditors where the people that owe you that you owe money to, they can ask you a lot of questions about your debt and your finances. And, um, you know, that's certainly not going to be fun. Not, no, that would be stressful. <laughs> that would be stressful. And then the, the Chapter 7 bankruptcy also stays on your credit report for 10 years. 
Um, and you won't be able to file again until after eight years. So it's a very long term thing. Yes, yeah, so that basically wipes everything clean that it, you know, the ones that it can. But uh, chapter 13 is a little different. Um, it, it basically reorganizes your debt. So the court approves a monthly payment plan. So you can pay back a portion of your unsecured debt and all of your secured debt over a period of three to five years. The monthly payment really depends on your income and the amount of debt that you have. So, you know, the court will also put you on a strict budget. Um, and unlike chapter seven, this kind of bankruptcy allows you to keep your assets and catch up on any debt that isn't bankruptable. So Chapter 13 uh, can also stop a foreclosure by giving you time to bring your mortgage back up to date. So you should also know that Chapter 13 bankruptcy stays on your credit report for about seven years, and you can't file for it again uh, until after two years. So uh, for the most part, um, you know, those those are the two most common bankruptcies right. that you hear about. But there's some other ones. Chapter 11 is used to uh, reorganize a business or corporation. Um, chapter 12 bankruptcy is a repayment plan for farmers or fishermen. Um, and chapter 15 deals with international bankruptcy. Chapter nine is another repayment plan for towns, cities, um, schools, and so forth. So really chapter seven and 13 are the most common out there. Yeah. Those are the two that apply to individuals. Um, the other ones are, are, you know, corporations and businesses, um, but, you know, bankruptcy, I mean, while it may seem like kind of a magic wand that that will just erase all your problems and make them disappear, um, it's far from a magical experience. Um, and it takes an emotional toll. I mean, Dave Ramsey filed for bankruptcy before he completely changed the way he handled money. And he never advises anyone to consider bankruptcy. Um, in fact, I mean, he says bankruptcy falls into the same category as divorce. It should only be your last resort after you've tried every other possible route first. And, I mean, you know, 10 years is a very long time mm. to have something on your on your record yeah. um, and to follow you around. So you want to take that very seriously. Yeah, so before you, you go into the bankruptcy world, uh, there's some things that you can look at to avoid filing bankruptcy. And the first thing is you got to protect your family. And those are, Dave calls it, the four walls. So that's food, utilities, shelter, and transportation. And you won't have the energy to fight your way out of debt if you don't have a house to sleep in or food to eat or you're taking care of your kids. So make sure you're taking uh, care of your family and your your family first. And the collectors, quite frankly, can wait. I mean, you got to take care right. and, and have sure. some protection. Uh, the second thing is 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 get on a budget. I mean, we mentioned before that in Chapter 13 bankruptcy, the court puts you on a budget and tracks your spending. But the truth is, you can do those things without filing for bankruptcy. And if you're on your last leg, you know, making a budget can be a total game changer. Absolutely. Yep. And the next one here is to boost your income. I mean, your income is the most powerful wealth building and debt fighting tool that you have. You know, the more money you make, the more you can throw at your debt. Um, so you need to pick up a second job or work more hours at your current job, work some overtime to, to keep you afloat while you can catch up on those monthly payments. And yes, I mean, it can be exhausting, um, but, you know, this temporary sacrifice will be worth it in the long run. Um, another one here, though, you can do is sell your stuff. Um, remember, you know, I mean, the court's going to liquidate your assets in a in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Um, so, you know, what if you sold your stuff instead, right? I mean, if you got, if you have anything of value like a boat, you know, fancy lawnmowers, um Anything with a motor and you don't drive Golf clubs. to work, uh, yeah, well, okay. We could sell them. We'll get new ones yeah, later, right? that's right. 
you know, furniture, collectibles, jewelry, that guitar you promised to learn to play someday. You know, anything that you don't need, it's got to go so you can help get yourself out of debt. Yeah, and the last thing here, Steve, is is to get on a plan. And, um, you know, the bankruptcy courts are going to require you to go through a financial literacy course before your debt can be forgiven. And, you know, so go to Dave's FPU class, Financial Peace University. It'll teach you how to, you know, kick some of those toxic money habits. Uh, It'll teach you how to save and pay off debt and uh, build a, a great future for you and your family. Plus, it's it's a lot cheaper than going through the bankruptcy court fee. Um, you know, this, this proven plan has helped a lot of people uh, across the United States. So, you know, look at these different items before you go through the bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is a it's a challenging, um, you know, process. And it, like you said, it stays with you if you do a chapter 7 or 13 for anywhere from 7 to 10 years. So it's not over when after you go through it. That's right. So it's certainly something you want to avoid, um, but you got to understand it first. And so that was their details on bankruptcy. And that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, it's uh, Christmas time. You've done all your shopping? It is. I have not done all my shopping. No. Hopefully Kathy's got us covered. Though. Okay, I'm sure she's I'm sure she's organized and probably is, is done already, so you don't have anything to worry about. But if you do, make a list. Absolutely. Make that Christmas list and, and make sure that you are following the list and you have targets as well for spending on each person. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, don't walk into a store here between now and Christmas without a list. You know, if you go in there, I mean, they, they're really smart in these stores, right? They place things. Even if you're shopping on Amazon, oh, they, yeah. they, they track what you buy, and they put similar stuff right there on the first page, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. so when you log on, it's like, boom, there's air. All your temptations are right there in front of you. You got to resist that. And the way you fight that is you have a list and you have dollar amounts that you want to spend. And before you go shopping this this week, you know, or next week before Christmas, you got to have a list. You got to follow your list and don't get sidetracked, you know, to entice to buy something that's not on your list. Lists are good. Even going into grocery stores, you get so marketed to everywhere you go. And you're right on on Amazon. If you're on Facebook, if you visited something, it's going to have an ad right in front of you. And it's going to be the stuff you like. That's right. It's not the stuff you don't like. (laughs) Exactly. So be (laughs) careful about it. Be careful. Use a list for your shopping and and have targets for what you're going to spend uh, this season, uh, Christmas, and that's your prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVistor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 